Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Kind Parenting Company podcast. I'm Jackie Ward. And I'm Kylie Camps. Join us as we explore topics and share evidence-based information, all while honoring our commitment to kind parenting practices. This is a safe space for conversation and reflections on parenting and motherhood, designed to best support you in raising your little loves and to be the parent you want to be. We are so excited that you're here. Let's jump into today's episode. Today's podcast is a solo episode and I'm going to be speaking with you on the topic of cultivating a really strong connection with your children or just kids in general. Perhaps you're an auntie or you work in daycare or some of your best friends have little ones. So maybe you don't have kids yourself, but there are kids involved in your life. Everything I talk about today I think will be applicable for you as well when it comes to interacting with kids. And I also think that all of these things I'm going to touch on today can be applied to any age group. No matter how old your little one is or the child in your life is, I think that you'll be able to use these tips for any age, whether you've got a baby, a preteen, a teenager. I hope I hope that these will all be helpful. So the reason I'm recording this podcast is because recently on my close friends list, I opened up a question box and I saw this question come through and it was literally this, how do I cultivate a really strong connection with my kids? And I thought, oh my gosh, if I try and answer this on Instagram, it will be the never ending Instagram story. So perhaps I'm best to sit down and record an episode. So here we are. The most important thing when it comes to cultivating connection with children is you have to understand the importance of keeping a foot in their world. When the boys were younger, I used to refer to this as you have to pay the entry fee into their world and it's still applicable. I mean, my boys are turning nine at the end of the year and I am still paying the entry fee into their world in different ways and I'll continue doing that all the way like for my whole life, I'm sure. I hope so. But what I mean by this is as adults, we have to show an interest in the things that our kids are interested in. When we don't show an interest in what they enjoy, what lights them up, they can feel rejected by that because young kids especially feel like their interests are part of them. So they may not necessarily understand at all that you don't have an interest in Minecraft and they don't understand that you don't have an interest in Minecraft, but you still love them and find them interesting. They think, oh, mum or dad or auntie or uncle are not interested in me because they bond so heavily with what they're interested in. And kids go through stages and phases and often what they connect to 
you know, the reason that they feel connected is because they feel it is a representation of them. They can see themselves in this thing that they're so interested in, in one way or another. So as adults, we have to pay the entry fee into their world and we have to keep paying it. And so that doesn't mean that we're physically paying money. We're paying by showing our interest. We're paying the entry fee into their world by surrendering to whatever it is they're into to a certain extent. It's often easier with babies to pay the entry fee into their world because it's so cute. You know, the entry fee to connection with them is lying on a play mat and helping them practice their crossbody reaching by reaching for different toys or it's no nappy time or, you know, helping them kick their little feet in some water. It's blowing bubbles. It's making faces. That's quite an easy access point for us to have that connection. But as kids get older, it can be more difficult because their interests develop more depth. And often it's just things that you're not interested in. For example, right now with my boys, one of them is so into Marvel. Like he's right into all of the multiverses and the way that all of the characters are connected. And it's so important to him. He loves it. And he will talk about Marvel ad nauseum. He will just not stop. Me personally, I've never had a bone in my body that cares about superheroes, especially not Marvel. Like I've not, I'd not seen a Marvel movie until my boys were interested in them. I don't care about it. I don't find it exciting. It doesn't light me up at all. But you can bet your bottom dollar. I will have conversations about Marvel. I will go and see Marvel movies. I will support the fandom. I will order comics that he's into. I'll ask about the comics. We have to keep a foot in their world because that's how we stay connected to them. And when I think about this, even as an adult, like I'm 35 years old. And if my dad was to ring me and say, Hey, what's happening on your podcast? Like if he was to really keep a foot in my world in that way, far out, I'd feel so special. So if you have parents that do that, amazing, tell them how great they are. And it seems very basic, like, of course, to keep a connection, you want to show that you're interested, but we have to do this all through their childhood. So as they get older, find out what music they're into, Um, ask questions, be curious and keep on paying that entry fee, so to speak. Number two, be your child's advocate. I think this is important in cultivating connection, because if your child knows that you're going to stand up for them, you're going to support them, keep them safe, be their voice when they can't be their voice. Like, of course, we don't want to over meddle and be doing things for our kids that they can do or not be letting them experience certain things. But if there's a situation where, say, for example, your child really doesn't want to hug a certain family member and your child finds it difficult to express that, you be the advocate. You help him or her out by expressing it and making sure that they know that you've got their back and you're never going to throw them under the bus in that way. Number three ties into the advocacy point nicely because it's treat them with respect. Like we have to treat our babies, our toddlers, our children, our preteens, our teens with respect 
first and foremost. You know, so often I think parents or adults can look at kids and think that they're so much less than them and that they don't deserve to be spoken to um, respectfully or treated respectfully, and they just do. And it's such a um, such a two-way street. When you treat your child with respect, it's role modeling for them the way that they can expect to be treated out in the world. If we treat them poorly and don't respect them and don't honor their boundaries or don't allow them to have boundaries, then they're going to grow up thinking that's normal and that's what they deserve and that's what they're worth. So then they'll go out and seek relationships and friendships and scenarios where they prove that to be true time and time again. When we treat our kids with respect from an early age at home, we're helping them to establish their baseline of what they will, what they will accept in their lives as well. So treating them with respect is, you know, it's done by the tone at which you speak to them. It's done by looking at them when they talk to you, looking them in the eyes, asking their opinions on certain things. Now, of course, this all has to be age appropriate, but understanding that your child should get a say, but not always a vote is important. The next one is the importance of keeping your word because this builds trust. So there are going to be times in your parenting experience where you just can't, like something happens and you have to break your word. And I'm going to speak about that in a minute, but where possible, try to keep your word to your kids because it just builds their trust and faith in you that you are going to show up for them. So it could be in little ways like saying to them, you know what, after I have my shower, I'm going to come back and give you a kiss and a hug and check on you. Make sure that you do that. Or it could be in bigger ways like I'm going to make sure I leave work on time to turn up for your important school assembly. Also, guys, I'm so sorry about that cat in the background. Having a kitten here is kind of a nightmare but I just don't have the heart to lock an animal in a room. And Murphy's law is that the moment I start recording, the cat starts talking. So anyway, the next point that I wanted to make, as I mentioned, is about disappointment. Okay. It is okay to disappoint your children. In fact, I think it's kind of part of our job as parents to disappoint our kids and let them see us as the flawed humans that we are. It's okay to disappoint them, but reassure them that you still love them and repair. When I spoke with Monique Harding, who is the relatable therapist on, therapist, excuse me, on Instagram about blending families, she spoke to the importance of repair. So things are gonna go sideways in family units. Things are going to be hard. Sometimes you're going to drop the ball. You're going to get it wrong, you know, not on purpose, sometimes on purpose. But it's important that you repair and you let them know, despite things going sideways, you still love them. You're still there. You repair and tomorrow is a new day. Number six ties into that one as well. It's important to let your kids see you as a human. Back to helping them establish a baseline for what they're going to expect out there in the big wide world. Let your kids see you as a human being 
with feelings and fluctuations and struggles at time, of course, age appropriate. You don't want to go and put the burden of the world on your child. That's not appropriate. But it is entirely appropriate to say, hey, I'm sorry that I'm a bit distracted today. I've got something going on for me at work and I'm absolutely going to manage it. But right now I'm having trouble focusing clearly. I love you and I'm sorry if I come across as distracted. Teach them, like show them that that's okay, that you are not this perfect, impenetrable being who just functions and doesn't have fluctuations or feelings. When we go through hard things in life with the people around us, it really can strengthen the bond that we have. So don't like don't discount the power of that of going through a hard thing with your children and letting them know it's a hard thing as well. Also kids are so smart. You know, so many times I think parents try to hide stuff from kids, but the kids know, like they have intuition they're smart they can see what's happening so don't you know i guess lie to them or try and hide certain things let them know something's up something's hard you're having a hard day or maybe it's a bigger situation but everything is okay you know like in terms of you're going to repair you're going to get through it it could just be an off day an off moment a hard situation and that it is part of the human experience to go up and down at times number seven when it comes to communicating with kids sometimes the best way to do it is by being parallel to them and engaging in an activity some kids will absolutely thrive off sitting down and maintaining strong eye contact with you and having that dialogue where it's back and forth, you know, that kind of grown-up conversation. Some kids will love that. But from what I understand, the majority of kids will do a better job communicating or taking things on board or sharing things with you if there is some sort of activity involved or if they don't have to look you directly into the eyes. So that could mean that you have some of your best conversations when you're driving to and from school because there's a distraction. You're also moving forward, which is great for problem solving. You're also not staring straight into their soul. Maybe a parallel activity where you can have a great conversation is in the sandpit or playing Lego or as kids get older, it could be going to the park and playing basketball, for example. Just think about ways that you can keep those lines of communication open and creating safe pockets of time for your kids to have those moments with you. I know with my boys, and this has been the way for a little while now, they really value and need that little pocket of time with just me before they go to sleep at night because that's when everything comes out, you know, and often it's because it's the end of the day and they're feeling more emotional or they've been through some hard stuff. You know, I think we have to remember that kids of all ages are going through stuff, especially kids that are at school. There's so many interactions that happen that we have no idea about. So many things happening for them that can be hard to make sense of. And so at the end of each day, I have five or 10 minutes solo one-on-one with the boys. And that's such a special time for us because that's when I get to hear things that 
perhaps I'd miss out on if we didn't have that window of time. So when you think about your day with your kids, you know, and maybe your kids are young and you're like, Kylie, (laughs) I have all day with them. I don't need any more pockets of time. But if they've gotten older or they're going to daycare and you're out and about at work and those sorts of things, maybe just think, can I set aside five minutes before bed where it's really quality time? As kids get older, I think quality needs to be the focus over quantity because other things become important. As kids get older, they rely more on their friends. Um, They have interests that don't rely upon you either. So quality over quantity when it comes to communication as well. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Number eight boundaries. Having boundaries with your kids is so helpful in strengthening the connection that you have with them for so many reasons. One of those reasons is that children thrive off predictability. When a kid can accurately and safely predict the outcome, that can be really helpful for building confidence and self-esteem. If things are not stable and there aren't boundaries in place, like as in They just never know if they ask you something on a Monday, you might say yes, but on a Tuesday, you might say no. If there's no consistency across the board, kids can actually find that harder to trust in the dynamic between parent and child. Having boundaries can help with that, help them establish that ability to predict things safely. And even as, you know, contradictory as this sounds, Even if a kid asks for something and you say no, there is something safe in them in that response for them if that is the consistent response. It might not be the response they want, but there is something in there that is comforting to a certain extent. Maybe it's the little um, like intuitive part of their brain that knows that you have their best interest at place, at heart. So boundaries also... I think are important because if you have boundaries with your kids, it's not necessarily about what you're keeping out. It's what you're keeping in for yourself. So some boundaries I have with my boys are they're not allowed to just use my ensuite as they please, because for a while there they were. And I ended up getting really frustrated that my ensuite, which is like my sanctuary, and I know this is very surface level, but I just want to give you a real example But I was like annoyed that it was becoming a boy space, that I was stepping over all of their toys, that it just no longer felt like that special reprieve at the end of the day. It just felt like stepping into another room that was filled with kids stuff. So that boundary of me communicating to them being like, you know what, you guys, you use your own bathrooms your bathroom is your responsibility you wee on the seat you wipe it off you don't pick up your towel after your shower then that means you dry yourself with a wet towel the next time like all of those things as harsh as that can sound sometimes that's good for us because then I'm not getting resentful of them and getting snappy at them so boundaries you know it's just such a big one but it's applicable in in so many ways even with 
kids having boundaries with you and respecting their boundaries too if it's appropriate if it's reasonable or finding a happy medium a middle ground where you all feel happy with the boundary number nine fun fun and play in one of Brene Brown's books I can't remember which one but it was definitely Brene Brown she spoke about the importance of finding where the play Venn diagrams for parents and children cross over. So if you don't know what a Venn diagram is, you could just punch it into Google and one will come up. But a Venn diagram is when there are two or more circles. You can make circles with your hands now and you cross them over. Then there's that zone in the middle where the circles share a space. Find out what could go in your Venn diagram of shared space that is fun and considered play. Because for kids, some of their things that are fun and play are just so not for us as adults. And it feels more like an act of service. And again, perhaps it feels like we're paying the entry fee into their world. You know, maybe your kid is really into trains at the moment and like you just don't give a crap about trains. So it's an act of service when you're sitting and playing trains or you're going to the train museum. But there are going to be things that you both or that you all enjoy and that's where your diagrams cross over and you have to find those things out. Make it your mission as a family unit, as a mum and child, where does your Venn diagram cross over? So what that means is find the activities that you all consider to be play and fun. So an example, I hate board games, never been into them. If I'm playing a board game, it is an act of service, but jumping under the waves at the beach, that's fun. That lights me up as much as it lights the kids up. So that's one of the ways we can play together. Jumping on the trampoline, all of us crack up when we're jumping on the trampoline. It is proper shared play, but watching them play a video game, no thank you like I'll do it but again it's just not where the crossover exists so I think it's really helpful for parents to think about that what are the shared activities and how can you do more of those you know as your kids get older maybe those shared activities look more like family bowling nights or um, going on hikes going to theme parks just have a think have a bit of a brainstorm And you could even put all of those suggestions into a glass jar and start pulling things out when you have family time. Number 10 is self-care. And I know it's very cheesy and predictable to have self-care in here, but it's so true. To have a good connection with anyone in our life, we have to have a good connection with ourselves. Again, back to that whole empty cup analogy that I've spoken about so many times, you have to feel good And like you've got yourself, you have to know yourself, you have to know your values, your identity. It's so important that you have that. And if you don't know those things, grab yourself a copy of the blueprint, use the code podcast 20 and you'll get 20% off and it will talk you through how to just really tune into those areas of life for you as well. But self care When you're giving to yourself, you can give more to those in your life as well because you're not burnt out. You're not resenting them. You're not completely exhausted. 
What are the ways that you can look after yourself? Because it really is a gift to your family members as well, especially like it's just such a gift to your children when you feel good. So what is self-care for you? It will likely vary at different times in your parenting journey. When the boys were really little, when they were babies, self-care for me was drinking out of a mug that I loved and lighting a candle and getting the kids on a sleeping schedule so that I could wake up and have half an hour to myself before they woke up. Then when they became toddlers, like when I had two two two-year-olds, self-care looked different and it looks different again now that they're turning nine. So it's always going to evolve. So it's an important little self-interrogation question and prompt to ask yourself. Self-care for you right now, is it having more fun in your life? Is it literal like physical care of yourself, such as having that long shower and that body scrub and looking after your physical body? Is self-care getting in to see your psychologist? Is self-care making better food choices? Like is self-care refining your wardrobe? Is self-care a weekend away with girlfriends or an hour away with girlfriends? Or is it a date night with your partner? Or is it going on a dating app and seeing if you can meet someone and go and have a great experience or a funny story? Don't forget, we always just go for the story. But yeah, look after yourself and do not undervalue the importance of that self-care and that self-love because it really will strengthen the connection that you have with your children. And whether we like it or not, if we have kids in our lives, we are role models and we're setting the bar for what is normal, what they can expect and what they should accept as well in life. And just before I wrap this episode up, two things actually, before I wrap this episode up, I wanted to share with you something I've done for the boys and for myself since they were very little. I have journals for each of them, multiple now, and I just write in them sporadically. So it's a journal dedicated to each child, and it's not something that I do every day. It's not even something I do every week, and truthfully, sometimes there have been months between entries. But over the years, I have consistently jotted things down to them, for them, about them. I usually write things that they're interested in. So it might be like, hey, you're three and you're mad about Elsa. You wear an Elsa wig everywhere and you do this and you do that. Or today you said this really funny thing and I'll write the exchange down because there are so many moments, so many interactions that you think you'll remember, but you just don't. Like I can't tell you the amount of times I've opened these journals and thought, oh my gosh, I remember that, but only because I'm reading it in my own words and I'm prompted. Otherwise, it would just kind of fade into the abyss and I might not access that memory again. So it's nice for me, but it's so nice for your kids. The boys love when I sit next to them and I'll read them little bits and pieces. I've never read them fully what's in there, but I might read them something funny that they said or, um, you know, read them read to them about a time where they learned a certain skill set or they're a bit cheeky, a bit silly, things they were into, friends that they had, how they adapted to certain situations. And kids just by design are quite narcissistic in a way. No, 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 sorry, not narcissistic, but kids are egocentric, right? And that's why 
when something goes wrong in life, often kids think it's their fault, it's their responsibility because they are so central to their own experience and they don't have the lived experience or the fully formed, fully developed brain to rationalize and process. So kids are egocentric, which comes back to the importance of communicating and letting your kids see you as a human so that they understand that it's not about them. But because because kids are so focused on themselves, they love hearing stories about themselves. Like my two just crack up. They will make me read and reread. And it's a really nice, um, like it's just a nice thing that we do. And so I have these journals. I keep them somewhere that I can see them as a visual prompt. But again, I don't write in them that frequently, but they're there. And over the years, they're going to add up to be this big collection of moments that otherwise we might all forget. And certainly that the kids would forget when they're really young. So that's just like a little bonus thing that you might want to do. If that makes you feel like, oh no, that's, that's too much for me. That's not for you then. That's totally fine. But you can do it in a very low pressure way and still get a really great feeling from it. I know that there have been countless times where I sit down to write in these journals to the boys about the boys and it transforms my mindset in that moment because it takes me out of the here and now, you know, particularly if I'm exhausted and they've maybe pushed the limits or feel like they've pushed my buttons a bit at the end of the day. When I sit down and I write about them and I can imagine them as adults reading this, it really does remind me that everything is so temporary and fleeting So that's just another little thing I wanted to add. And then the second thing I'm going to touch on before we end this episode, my son, one of my little boys, I think that he considers himself a bit of a mini podcaster. And it's funny because they're rarely here when I podcast. You know, I purposefully record audio when the house is as quiet as possible, despite the cat. Um, But... It's not like he sees me doing it often, but he must see me doing it often enough or at least understand it enough that he wanted to be a little bit involved. And so I said to him, I'm recording an episode on connection with kids. Do you want to share your thoughts on it? It was very low pressure, very not scripted at all. Um, And I think he gets a little bit silly at some parts of it. But of course, like he was loving the attention and the conversation. So you are going to hear from my firstborn son sharing his unfiltered thoughts on connection as well if you do want to stick around and listen to those last few minutes of this episode um before i run away i did just want to say thank you to everyone who has opted into the close friends list i've been blown away by the amount of people that want to be on it and just by the connection that is already existing in such a short space of time This episode wouldn't exist unless someone suggested it for me to do. So I'm so grateful. I'm loving showing up a little bit more on social media. It feels like the right thing right now for me. So thank you for being here. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you do take like less than 10 10 seconds, excuse me, to leave a five-star review. I know it's not always five-star audio quality, um, but... I'm trying my best and it is an independent podcast. So please do leave your five-star review. If you enjoyed this episode, 
truly would mean the world to me. And I look forward to speaking with you soon and I'll see you much more over on my close friends list on Instagram. So I have a very special guest in the podcast space with me this evening, my firstborn child. Say hi. Hi. I'm not that special, by the way. Yes, you are. You're super special. Well, yeah, I'm only older by one minute. Yeah, you're the big brother, though. Yeah. You take that role pretty seriously. Sure, yeah, I do. Yeah. So I've just recorded a podcast episode on ways that children can feel extra connected to their parents. Do you have any thoughts on that topic? Yeah, maybe like, like for example, how do I bounce on the trampoline? Like, if you have a trampoline, maybe bounce on that with your kid. It's a good idea. Um, like maybe, like, if they ask, oh, can we talk about this during dinner, say, yeah, and be, like, really involved, like, oh, does this do that, does that do this, and... So you think for parents to ask questions about the things children are interested in? Yeah, like Pokemon, for an example, like, oh, does this do that, does that do this? How do you feel when parents take an interest in what you're interested in? Yeah, I feel pretty happy and stuff. Yeah, I feel really connected, yeah. That's good. What else makes you feel connected and safe and secure? Um, when mum talks me in. That's a bit cute. Well, it is. Well, yeah. Um, God, I had a really good one. Um, oh, what was it? It's alright, there's no rush. You can take your time to think about it. Like when, like, mum or my dad, like, talk to me about something I like, like, Caplin and stuff like that. So, yeah, it makes me feel pretty important. That's good. What do you think you do that makes your parents and your special adults feel connected to you? Uh, oh, this is tricky because I'm not you. Oh, <laughs> I'm not. Oh. Do you want me to tell you? Do you want to be me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the ways that I feel extra connected to you is when you share things with me, when you share good things that happen in your day, or when you share the hard things that happen in your day. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that a lot more. You do it a lot. Okay. Um, hugs. Having trouble breathing. You need to blow your nose. I want to edit that by now. I just wanted to play pick it all up. It's okay. I know that feeling when yeah. you're all congested. It's a bit yeah. gross. Yeah. Do you want to go and blow your nose and come back to it? Yeah, sure. Okay. I will be back. All right, you're back. Did you blow your nose? Yeah. All right, I'll go through my list for this podcast. Get comfy. Leather. Leather. All right, so... In my podcast, a few of the things I touched on, one was that it's important for parents to be interested in what their kids are interested in. Definitely. Agree? Absolutely. I think it's important that parents are an advocate for their children. So if something difficult is happening or the child needs to feel safe, it's up to the parent to speak up and help that. Yeah, be like, oh, it's okay, it's okay to cry and they hugs and stuff. Definitely to validate their emotions, yeah, but also no, yeah, just like if they want to say something to the parent, and if they ask the parent not to tell, like yeah, so keep your word. Keep your word, and yeah, yeah. I've got. It's important that parents treat their kids with respect. 
yeah, treat their kids with respect and that the kids treat the adults with respect. Absolutely. You're a pretty respectful kid. I do my best. Do you think I'm a respectful mum to you? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I've got keep your word because mm. that builds trust, which we touched on. Mm. I also said that it's okay for parents to disappoint their kids sometimes. Absolutely. And it's okay for kids to disappoint their parents sometimes. I should probably keep saying, stop saying absolutely, but I'm just going to say absolutely again. It's your catchphrase. Absolutely. <laughs> what accent was that? Comedian. <laughs> Comedian, got it. Yeah. Um, it's important that you let your children see you as a human. You know how, like, if I'm having a bad day. Yeah, like, know that you're, you are feeling so and yeah. you exist. And yeah, and you know how sometimes if I get things wrong, like say I'm a bit snappy or I use a big voice and it's unnecessary and I'll say to you, I'm really sorry I got that wrong, I'm feeling stressed, is it important to you if I apologise to you? Yeah, it makes me feel better. Does it help you then understand that it's not like your fault? Yeah, it makes, like you were just having a rough day, that's all. Yeah. When am I my grumpiest? Speak freely. <laughs> Adults listening to this, right? It's adults, yeah. Okay, when, when it's your period. <laughs> Absolutely. How unfair is it that women get periods? Very unfair. What else is unfair for women? Um, how men are like, oh, women shouldn't get paid this much. And also God, can't, like, the gods kind of made women suffer. Because of their period? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. What, what gods make women suffer? Um, Cerberus, the god of pain. Um, are you a feminist? What's a feminist? Someone who believes in equal rights for women? Definitely. Um, I've got that it's important that the communication is clear. Absolutely. Do you find it easy to talk about important subjects or tricky subjects with mum if you're doing an activity? Do you get nervous sometimes talking about tricky subjects? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Um, I've got that it's important that parents have boundaries with kids. So that means, like, it's important that we have a bedtime. It's important that you know you're not allowed to just, like, use my ensuite willy-nilly. Yeah. Yeah. Is that important? Yep. Why? Um, because... <laughs> I'm not going to cheat with you. <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> Sorry, that, that's Eagles. Oh, wait, I just forgot the question. Oopsie. Oh, you're like, pass. <laughs> I'll tell you why I think boundaries are important. Because if I have those boundaries in place, then I am looking after myself. And if I look after myself, I can look after you better. Yeah. Yeah. I've put that it's important to have fun. Remember my catchphrase? What's your catchphrase? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. What are your favourite things to do with mum? Um, Mum and Brendan bounce on the trampoline. I can't wait to dive under waves. My cat's coming in. <laughs> Your cat's a pest. Hey, he has feelings. Um, dive under waves. Dive under waves. Um, not really looking forward to Christmas. Um, oh, I had another one. Sorry, I forgot to remember you. What was it? Memory of an old woman. <laughs> or an old man, I should say, speaking of feminist. 
the old man is cracked. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation with me. No bobs. Do you want to join me for another episode another day? Okay, you guys should know the catchphrase. What is it? Absolutely. (laughs) All right, do you want to say thanks for listening and make sure you hit subscribe? Thanks for listening, and if you hit that subscribe button, it will change colour. It is a sort of magic, <laughs> and if you tap it, it will change. I don't change. know if it does on... Is that what they say on YouTube? Oh, I don't know if it does on podcast, but we'll just trick them and say that it does. Mum said that. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening, um, and I should be back for another value special episode. Did that sound like boasting? Okay, say yes. Okay, thank you. Say bye. Bye, and also ciao and bon voyage. Thanks for joining me in listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed this content and are looking to dive deeper into the support that the Kind Parenting Company offers parents and caregivers, you will love the range of programs we have available. The range includes online programs for supporting baby and toddler sleep, most suitable for babies aged 0 to 24 months, and also Toddler Life, which is a guide for those raising children aged two to four years. Each program comes with access to video and audio files, as well as the opportunity to join the community forums. Podcast listeners receive 20% off all programs. Simply visit the Kind Parenting Company website and use the code KPCPODCAST20, that's KPCPODCAST20, at checkout. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.